This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. The mark of a man. That's what we're talking about now when sending your sons, your boys to initiation schools to turn them from boys into men. And what is a very sacred process, a very significant milestone, could come at a very, very high price. There are growing calls to address the terrible, terrible, tragic incidents of death at initiation schools after 17 initiates at a winter school in the Eastern Cape lost their lives. And the South African Men's Forum is calling for a united front in dealing with deaths at initiation schools and dealing with the sadness that it brings, with the tragedy that it wrecks, and more importantly, how all of this really taints taints um, the narratives around a really magnificent culture. Uh, many people would argue, and there are calls for the Department of Justice and other authorities to really step in because as one of our listeners um, alluded to earlier on, we talk about initiation schools as if they're unregulated, and yet they are. They are. Um, And so the spotlight really ought to be on the illegal schools. But right now I'm going to defer to the experts for them to tell us what's to be done and um, what the community can do and how to understand the spiritual and cultural significance of initiation as young boys are walked in through a rite of passage into manhood. Um, we are joined by advocate Aaron Ralejena, uh, who's a spokesperson for the National Initiation Oversight Committee. And we're also joined by Prince Zolanim Kiva, who's a spokesperson for Contra Lesa. So, Prince Mkiva, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Yes, I'm the General Secretary of Contra Lesa. Um, and thank you for having us. And I also greet the other gentlemen who represent the Department of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. All right. Advocate, thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Advocate Ralejena, good morning. Good morning, ma'am, and how are you? Fine, thank you, uh, I'm sir. I'm okay. Just a correction. I'm not representing the department. I'm representing the National Institution Oversight Committee. Yes. So that at least we are on the same page. Thanks. And let me just pass my greetings also to um, Giva in this regard. Thanks very much uh, for inviting us. All right. So let's start off with um, you, the General Secretary of Contralesa, just to get a sense of what you know about this incident. Um, and the fact that it's not the first time, unfortunately, that there have been deaths at initiation schools and why you think it keeps happening year on year. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's really a problem which has reached a point where it is a disaster now that year on year we keep on losing the children. We do know that this happened in a particular region uh, in the Eastern Cape and overlaps to the neighboring one, and this is an O.R. Tambo region, the, the eastern part of it, mm-hmm. um, as well as um, the, the Arthur's origin. <laughs> well, there are historical matters that are associated with this. Firstly, 
for a long period of time, the rites of passage from boyhood to manhood hadn't happened in in, in that region. Um, it, it was not a practice uh, which was happening because it was universally suspended during the period which is defined as the wars of annihilation, if I may put it that way. Right. It was then reinstated, I would say, um, you know, incrementally towards the, the, the dawn of the new South Africa, and it, it then came in full scale during the, the, the new dispensation. Yeah. The reason why I'm giving that context is, is for everybody to understand. And then when it was being reestablished, some people began a process of taking chances by setting up bogus initiation schools. It is the bogus initiation school that is the biggest criminal in terms of in terms of seeing many of our children uh, dying uh, in what is said to be uh, initiation season, which is happening behind the back of, of of actually the institution of traditional leadership and the community. So these are thugs that are operating like human traffickers. Mm. And they trapped these young children who are very religious about the issue because every child is, is looking forward and looking up to mm. going to the mountain when he reaches the age. Mm. So that's what they use. They use that particular pop psychology to trap them and lure them mm. into these bogus initiation schools. Yeah. And then most of them, they lose either their manhood or they die. Okay. In that context. So there are two things you've just said, uh, Prince Zolanim Kiva, which to me are incongruent, to me at least. So firstly, you say the trend of um, unfortunate, tragic incidents is happening in a particular region of the Eastern Cape. Um, so it's the, so you're saying to me, you, you've tracked it, you know geographically, and that many young men are then signing up to these bogus schools. Do you discover the bogus schools after the tragedy or they are known? Because if the information no, is known, why, are, why, no. why, why can't we handle it? No, we, we don't know them. That's why I'm saying that it happens behind the back of the communities. So they use areas which are inaccessible and they hide these, these schools actually. Mm. So they are, they are not happening in full view. And I want to say also, it is the majority of the fatalities that are happening in the areas that I have mentioned. Mm. Remember that in some instances, initiates also die as a result of natural causes, Mm -hmm. you know, or an accident. In the case, for instance, where in Buffalo City there was an accident of fire, Mm. which which led to the death of the children. Mm. So I'm saying that even that death, which is caused by fire, is also a problem because... Mm. Issues of uh, risk management and all of those things ought to be taken into account. And also, I also want to say that in your statement, Mm. in your opening statement, you said there are regulations in place. Mm. You know, if you have regulations in an environment which is not institutionalized, Mm. as well as formalized and professionalized, Mm. Uh, those regulations, it is very easy for them to be undermined. And I think that's that's the blind spot that we have in the country. And that's where these criminals are actually using those gaps Mm. in the system to actually do what they are doing in perpetuity. So the issue 
that we've been saying as contra lesser. We're making a clarion call. We're saying to government, let's formalize and institutionalize uh, the initiation schools and the overall initiation yeah. season so that you have a proper professional process which starts with registration and everything. And said, so that we are able to ensure that we, we, we manage the process clinically and pay attention to detail. Right. Okay. And I think this is an important segue then we can bring into the conversation advocate Aaron Ralechana because here are the issues. So we all think that um, the tragedies um, are spurred on by a lack of medical know-how. But we're also hearing that there are many things like health and safety, building standards, risk management, and just generally the professionalization of the initiation uh, process, schools and expertise and institutionalization thereof. Because when you know where each school is and everybody has to be certified, then you know who to hold accountable and what's being done about this by the Oversight Committee. Thank you very much, uh, uh I don't know whether I'm speaking to Lerato. I thought they said Lerato Mpel. That uh, you are correct. Let me let me let me let me then first say, look, you heard it from what Contralesa says, and 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 really, there those are factual issues that we really need to look into it. But let me start so that at least the picture becomes very clear in terms of the functions of of the National Initiation Oversight Committee, mm-hmm. so that you link it with your questions at hand. Yeah. Our functions are very are very clear in the legislation. Mm. Uh, is to monitor the implementation of the legislation that has been that came into operation, the Customer Initiation Act, uh, promote compliance with the provisions of that act, and uh, make sure that uh, we guide the provincial initiation oversight committees in terms of implementing uh, the legislation. And I think that's where the question then. Is relevant. Uh, what is it that we are doing in terms of making sure that uh, uh, all those fatalities and other things that uh, I experienced at the initiation oversight, I mean the initiation schools, are avoided? Mm. Uh, the primary functions lies uh, uh, with with the provincial initiation oversight committees in terms of making sure that. They comply with the legislation, registration, avoiding all the legal schools, and the legal schools get closed. Mm. And then our functions currently, as we are, we are proceeding to look into this problem, we are continuously meeting and engaging with the PICCs and also understanding the challenges that they have when coming to the legal initiation schools. Mm. And then that's where we are currently, Rato, and then we want to push it that way so that at least all of us are able to constructively deal with this issue. Mm. And so what we want to know is punitive measures, uh, Advocate Ralejena. And, and as um, Prince uh, Zolani has said, we don't know. They don't know where these schools are. They are hidden uh, beyond sight. We only know of them when there's a tragedy. So when there's a tragedy and you incur this sort of incidents, what happens next when you finally find out about a bogus initiation school? The, the first step that I think needs to be clear is that the Provincial Initiation Oversight Committee, once they found out that there's a school that is operating illegally in their area, steps must be taken that it gets closed meaning you close that school and then 
the rescue mechanisms that the legislation provides is that once you close the school that is illegal, then you transfer uh, those initiates to the school that is legal so that at least the process does not get adversely disrupted and then they come back without completing the session. The second part that is most importantly, which is more about the law enforcement, is to begin to report that case to the police so that the police can then do what is necessary in accordance with the powers that are given to them, either to arrest the, the, the suspect, take them into custody, and do all the necessary issues that are, that are required to be done. Then once the arrest has been done, then the, law, the, the criminal uh, justice process then begins and until the prosecution process part of it. But we just had in a number of occasions this consultation that people then come forward and report. And mm-hmm. once they report the matter, then the police arrest, then the next thing, people doesn't want to come forward with the information. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest challenge that you've passed. And, and the message that you're passing is that, look, the whole legislation and the whole custom is to make sure that you save lives and you practice that uh, initiation in a legal, in a legal yeah. and safe way. And then if people doesn't come and own up to the issue because it's not the law enforcement officers that might find solution to the whole problem. It's the community as a whole mm-hmm. because it is practiced within the community themselves. So are you saying to me that to date... Um, no one who's run a bogus initiation school has been sanctioned, uh, trialed, convicted? I'm not saying that, Lerat. I'm just saying the challenges that you are having are that that I'm explaining, that uh, the number of, 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 of challenges that are there, including the fact that once there's an arrest, uh, people doesn't come forward uh, to report Mm-hmm. Uh, provide further information so that the investigation and prosecution can be effective. And a number of, uh, honestly speaking, a number of doctors that comes from the initiation schools end up with the inquest. And that's not the situation that we are mm-hmm. actually saying it should be encouraged. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that because there's a law that is actually in operation, let the impact of that law be felt, probably so that uh, and we can avoid other casualties and fatalities mm. associated with this practice. Okay, let's bring you back, uh, Prince Zolani Mkiva. And what we're hearing is that whilst there's an outcry, community-wise, provincial-wise, media-wise, when it's time to investigate what happened, communities don't want to speak up. Why is that? Well, let me first say that <laughs> there has been quite a number of arrests in relation to the Boga schools. But yeah. what we have not seen is convictions. Uh, and they do not happen uh, because, one, it is it is because there is an expectation that people must come and testify. I think the first people who should be testifying are the ones that are initiated. You know, that have gone there because they are the ones with the first hand information because parents do not get involved in in, in, in actually enrolling children in poker schools. Mm. The, the, the children go there themselves. So I'm saying that uh, those initiates do not want to do that right. uh, because they were the accomplices in the first place. So that's the predicament that we have. And, you know, the, these people operate the way that the Zamazamas actually operate. 
They are criminals that are operating in a subcultural way. So <laughs> we are dealing really here with savages. So it's, it's really a problem. But the issue of setting up rules at a, at a very high level, that rules that do not really resonate with what is actually happening on the ground. Sometimes these regulations, they really fly above the head. For us as the institution of professional leadership, in our clarion call of institutionalization, formalization, and professionalization, we're saying that give back the powers and functions to the traditional authority. And in that way, we are able to close ranks because this issue of the debt it's a new phenomenon of the new South Africa. It has not happened prior to the new dispensation yeah. at the magnitude of what we see in the last yeah. Yeah. So we ought to know and know better that uh, something must have happened to create a space mm. for these criminals to actually uh, see the escalation mm. of these bogus initiation schools. That's an important point. What do you think might have happened? What, 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 because it's not as if initiation is a new modern-day practice. It's been happening for centuries. But as mm. you're saying, in the post-1994 era, um, bogus schools have escalated or, or have proliferated, and so have deaths. It's the abuse of the, the Bill of Rights. Is the abuse of the rights that are accorded to individuals to the extent that they undermine community rights. Mm. Because initiation is a communal thing. Mm. The whole community gets involved. So people have abused the Bill of Rights to the extent that they've promoted rat individualism, mm. which has now given the gaps that we have. Mm. Number two, the, 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 the new phenomenon of the romanticization of money, the love for money, that you want to commercialize everything to the extent that even if you compromise the lives of the people, you will undertake an activity right. which even compromises the lives of the people simply because you want to yeah. make money. So it's driven by that. The gangs and the criminals yeah. see the opportunity for money. And in the new South Africa, there is a big love of money at mm. the expense of some of the things that, mm. uh, you know, provide dignity and values. Yeah. And, and, and all of that. Yeah. You know? okay. This is the situation let's, that is happening. Let's bring uh, advocate Aaron Ralejana back into the conversation. And so the um, South African Men's Forum have weighed in and they are making a few demands. One of them is take out the secrecy that shrouds some of these initiation schools. Publish the names of the boys who died. Give dignity to them. Let them not be a statistic. Um, you know, as you say, close down the bogus schools and let there be prosecutions, arrests and prosecutions and convictions ultimately. Then also get the various structures from the Department of Justice to the police to COCTA to come around and provide the nation with regular statistics so that we really can measure how serious a problem this is. Um, and yeah, as you suggested, get the communities to be involved and um, take a tough stance. What do you make of these suggestions? Look, look, the suggestions are very good. I, I, I cannot find any fault with them. But also remember, uh, one of the issues that you need to respect is that this practice is a sacred practice. 
it has limitation in terms of what information can be provided and how should it be provided. But those that information that are of a general nature, uh, I don't see any difficulties uh, with them being made published. Uh, but also we need to respect the parents of, of, of the initiates that have actually lost their lives. Mm. So you, you, we, we just cannot actually pass uh, the back of saying, oh, okay, fine. We know that in, in this province, for example, so many people have passed away through um, in other initiation schools and therefore their names should be published. We need to respect uh, the pain that the parents are going through. Mm. We also need to understand that it's not only the pain of the parents, but also the pains of the people that are actually practicing that particular initiation uh, in a better mm. way. So we, we really need to take a number of things into account so that we preserve its own nature and then the purpose for which it has been mm. practiced for. Okay. And we'll give you the last word, Prince Zolanim Kiva. As you know, we have said it's sacred, um, it's yeah. cultural, it's spiritual, it's social. And I know that even for a, a woman like myself, asking you to bring me into your confidence, it's completely out of order. But what can you share with us about why um, initiation will continue to be part of uh, local African traditions and what needs to be done to make it exactly that sacred? Uh, well, it is still based on, on, the, on the very same proposal that I was putting across. Uh, it is very relevant because this is a, an ancient practice and it is basically the, the oldest school that Africa has ever witnessed and we can't just wish it away because it encompasses all those elements that you've mentioned, the spirituality, the norms and values. So it is basically meant to prepare the young men of our country for leadership of the future that is actually expected from them. So that's why we say it must be formalized. So we ought to work together. And I think in so far as the challenges that we're facing, mm. what we need is, is to do a proper diagnosis so that we come with the right uh, uh, remedy. Mm. And, and that's what we have actually done as Contralesa. We've been, we, we, we've been at this. Right. We know. And it is something that is happening at grassroots. And that's where we are. And we, we have a full appreciation of what needs to happen. Yeah. And uh, it mustn't happen in a piecemeal fashion by coming up with new interventions every now and then and we, as if we are, we, 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 we are testing the models. No, we know that if we're to institutionalize and formalize, yeah. then things will happen in a proper way as they do with other Western forms of education. But this is an African form of education right. and it needs, therefore, to be mainstreamed right. and foregrounded. And I think we will, we will solve many, many problems that are yeah. associated with it if we were to do it that way. Uh, we've run out of time, but I'm going to ask you a question, if you can answer me in a sentence. Do you think enough is being done to teach boys about proper manhood, given the statistics on GBV in the country? No. Thank you. Uh, Prince Zolanim Kiva, Advocate Aaron Ralejana, time for the news. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.